0: This podcast is gold, basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball Gold, hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com, Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLING. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He's Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach, color analyst with the Clippers and Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92 through the fan in Cleveland. All-star break, Cavaliers, Mike, sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. They have a terrific record of 38-23, and 23, two games better than they were at the 61-game mark last year. I think everybody forgets how good they were until their late fade last year. But here they sit at 38-23. and 23, And I want to go over some of the things where we think the team exceeded expectations, the team or players, where they hit their expectations and maybe where they didn't reach expectations in the first half. And uh, I'll start by throwing out the two areas where I think they exceeded expectations. And number one is the team overall. And even though their record is really close, Mike, I, I don't know that anybody expected them to be sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference and fifth best record in the NBA overall. The fifth best in the NBA doesn't mean as much, obviously, as fourth in the East since that's the playoff slotting and everything. But fourth in the Eastern Conference, considering the East at the beginning of the season and when Brooklyn had Kevin and, and Kyrie and you thought that was going to happen, I think it's a pretty impressive place for them to be right now, for the Cavaliers to be right now at the All-Star break.
1: I do too. Any time that you can uh, be in a position where you might secure home court advantage. Yep. Uh, and it's not like they gained a whole lot of playoff experience last year. Um, it's, you know, they've had such a great first half of the season and whatever the point was that things turned around for him, you know, with injuries, whatever else happened down the stretch, uh, they went out and added a superstar to their roster, uh, tweaked a couple other things, got Rubio back from his injury and you know, you're hoping he remains healthy the rest of the way and he can really contribute because they're a different team when he comes in and joins that rotation of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, that's a pretty nice three-man rotation here. You can put Karis Laverne if you want to put the fourth guy in there. Not a bad group of guards right there. Um, so that all of a sudden, here they are, past, well past the halfway point in the season, yep. sitting in, in a spot where when they come back from the All-Star break, and it's going to go so fast, Jeff. Uh, do you have the happen to have the breakdown in front of you of home games left and away games left when we come back for the last 21.
0: I I don't have that completely, Mike, but I I do know this, and we've talked about this a little bit. The way that this team is going to come out of the All Star break, schedule wise, uh, they have a they have a rough way to go. Let me let me double check one thing here. Uh, from a let's see, the Cavs have played well. They've played 31 home games, and they've played 30 road games. So that leaves what? 11 road games and 10 home games. So pretty 50 50 split.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the next thing, obviously, the caliber of the teams that you're playing. Yes. Down that stretch. I, I, if I remember correctly, the one thing that's kind of interesting is I think we have four times in the remaining games where we play the same team
0: back to back.
1: Back to back. And yep. It may not necessarily be. Like on Monday and a Tuesday or a Tuesday and a Wednesday, but the games are against the team, and then their next game is against that team again, yeah. with maybe a day off in between, if I'm and,
0: and here it is, Mike. In Miami, March eighth and tenth, in Charlotte, March twelfth and fourteenth, and then at Brooklyn, March twenty first and twenty-third, and at Orlando on April fourth and April sixth. That's that's strange. You
1: know, you don't see that hardly ever. Let's go over those let's go over those four teams again, please. Miami. Miami sure, a sure, contender sure. obviously for Absolutely. a spot a home court spot in the Eastern Conference. Who else? Charlotte. Charlotte struggling. Struggling has had a tough year, traded away Plumlee. Um yeah, struggling.
0: Brooklyn, who though they made some moves, sure and, and got rid of Kevin and Kyrie, which of course, you know, they're you would think there go your championship hopes picked up some young talent and they look loaded for the future. Mike, I, I if, if you can get past the fact that they traded Kevin and Kyrie, they they seem like they have situated themselves pretty nicely for the years ahead.
1: They came out of that deal in outstanding shape with what they have accumulated. The players I have right now, one of the guys that they got in that deal had 45 points in last night's game for Brooklyn, um, you know, a former Villanova guy. Okay. One,
0: Mikhail Bridges.
1: Yes. Um, so, and, and Cam Thomas all of a sudden has had a chance to show what he can do for their team. Their center, Claxton is, was leading the league in field goal percentage, leading the league in block shots. Uh, and they got some picks in there. So they've done very, very well. So, you don't know what's going to happen with them now down this back stretch. They may just turn into a very interesting team. I know the last one you mentioned was Orlando, who mm-hmm. or in the last 25, 30 games, they've really turned around what their season was all about. And then who was the fourth one that I missed? That was it. No, uh,
0: Miami, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Orlando. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other big thing, Mike, where I think exceeded expectations – is Donovan Mitchell. And I know we all expected big things out of him. And he's, his scoring average is at a career high. So are all three of his shooting percentages, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage. That's all great. But Mike, I'm, I don't know that anybody expected him to have this impact on the franchise immediately come in, kind of galvanize himself as the key guy, as the leader of this team. I don't think he's been anything but terrific in every way for this basketball team.
1: You're exactly right. How much more can you expect from a you know, a guy who's been an all-star multiple times, You know, a guy who's scored 50 or more points in playoffs uh, more than just one time so far in his career, and how many big nights that we've seen out of him already, uh, whether it be on the road or in our building. Uh, so I would think that the fan base should be so excited. And I, this is kind of a, a special kind of guy. He's so giving of his time. Uh, I see him before games, after he gets done doing his shooting thing, you know, I'm not talking about 10 or 12 minutes, I'm talking about a game, 45 minutes before the game when he comes out, does his shooting routine, before he goes back in the locker room, he'll always go over if he sees a bunch of young- youngsters on the sideline, he'll sign for them, take pictures with them. Hmm. The other night, uh, the night before the game against Philly, He went out and went to Villanova University and sat on the sideline with Eric Paschal, who was a teammate of his in Utah, and watched the Villanova game. I mean, how many people will go out and do that and watch the whole game, left, right, when the game ended? So it's a special kind of guy, giving and sharing his time with the people out there that pay hard-earned money to come and watch them play.
0: I think most every aspect of this team hit expectations by in the pre-All-Star break segment of the, of the season. Certainly Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. And I say that it's interesting. Garland, same scoring average right now, 21.7 as last year. His assists are down just a touch. His three-point shooting up a touch, I think he's been outstanding. Jared Allen's numbers just slightly down which you might expect because you have a, another ball-dominant, high-scoring player on the team, uh, more so than than Lowry Markinen was last year as far as points per game for the Cavaliers. And Evan Mobley's scoring and rebounding up just a touch. His shooting is up. I think they've all been right about where you expected them to be, and I think that's a good thing.
1: Without question, if you want Mobley to develop, then he's going to, command more shots he's going to take more shots so that cuts back some shots for Allen Mm -hmm. If you bring a Donovan Mitchell in you want him to be the star that he is he's going to certain nights wind up with 20-25 shots at the basket Darius Garland who started out against Philadelphia on fire the only cab that was making shots to start the game Um, these are shots taken and the more shots they're making those are shots you're taking away from a guy like Jared Allen, who doesn't really care how many shots he gets every night. He works so hard to get second and third shot opportunities off the offensive glass. Uh, but we found out also we can throw him the ball in the low post, and uh, he'll make things happen that we wouldn't have seen in, in the past. So they, they've got the potential. That's probably one of the reasons why they're at the top of the league in scoring points going into the game against Philadelphia. Uh, because they have guys who are capable of scoring the ball and more than just a couple of them. I'm not even mentioning LeVert coming off the bench, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing.
0: There are two areas, Mike, where I don't think they reached expectations. And one is the small forward spot, because my fingers were crossed that somebody would step up and take hold of that job and it would be a perfect fit. Karis Lavert had the first chance, and as you talked about in our last podcast, they thought, "Hey, you might be. It might be better for the team if you're coming off the bench." So I don't even really count Karis in that conversation, but it, it didn't work there. Dean Wade got hurt after he got his chance. Lamar Stevens had a couple of games. Isaac Okoro, though he's continuing to develop and is still only 22 years old, all of his numbers are down. His his scoring average down every year he's been in the league, and his three point shooting down just a touch. But nobody's taken hold of that spot. And you don't need anybody to score 20 points, Mike, or maybe even 15. But are you surprised that no one has taken that and run with it? I think Isaac has been the closest to that, but still maybe not what everybody's looking for.
1: Well, if we were in college basketball, we would just go to the transfer portal and look, get for, five guys. Guys. <laughs> look for a guy somewhere else that we like on another <laughs> team and invite him to come in and fill the spot here. Uh, but we're not allowed to do that. Um, you know, a guy who in the beginning of the year could have very easily claimed stake to that spot was Osman. Yeah. Uh, the way he was shooting the ball, getting out in transition on the fast break. Uh, but, you know, they they look at times for a piece that matches what they need defensively to fit into the scheme of thing. And, uh, you, you watch Jerry play at the offensive end of the floor. There are certain nights that you go like, this is the answer to what we need night in and night out at the small forward position. But then he may have breakdowns at the defensive end of the floor. So I think they're looking for the consistency, the solid play of whoever it is that's getting the majority of the minutes. And they've got three or four guys that they can take those chances with. This has been Basketball Goal. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway. For the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.